we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers from family members to people we interact with in business every day what about the connections we make to ourselves? today we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives this is things worth considering with hosts gord riddell and alexia georgiusis it's time to consider the possibilities Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. I am your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, Alexia Georgiusis. Hello. Uh, how are you? I'm well, Gord. How are you? Yeah. How's the pandemic treating you? Well, Good week? Good I like pandemic to say week? that the relationship of all of this is, is, it's okay. It has its moments, of course, like any relationship, <laughs> but you know. Oh, we're dealing it. Uh, it's a relationship now. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a relationship. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, um, <laughs> Totally. Um, now, before we, you know, introduce our guests, this is quite an interesting uh, area um, on pandemic burnout. Um, you know, um, just want to remind people that we are live and uh, that we invite you to uh, be able to call into the show. Um, it's very important uh, that you take part in this. We you probably have a story to tell and we would love to hear your story. Um, now, today we're talking about uh, pandemic burnout. Um, we're like almost six months into this. That's, that's amazing. Six yeah, months. Six months. Uh, yeah. You know, I remember the morning I woke up <laughs> and it was like, what? Um, and I'm still waking up doing the same thing. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, I've had, I've never had relationships that have lasted this long. You know? <laughs> six months. My God, that would be like a marriage. Um, now, um, I know this is far from over. Um, uh, we're over it, but apparently it's not over with us. Um, you know, I know that many people are going really, really flat out during this time period. You know, just the adjusting, um, you know, people already have trouble with change, but now when you're forced into do, doing changes of some of the most minute things of where, where and how you live, you work, you eat, you, all of those things and, and interact with your families, staying in your bubble, of course, uh, they're getting very stressed. Definitely. People, people are getting very stressed. People are getting, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm no, noticing people are getting a little bit uh, um, cranky. <laughs> I'm very polite. Uh, some people are just rude. They're just so angry out there on the street. So I would like you to uh, uh, meet our, and she's actually a returning uh, guest. Uh, I'm really happy that she's back again. And that's Martez Shembri Disky. Um, Martez is a RMT. She is an integrative craniosacral therapist. She is a professor of massage therapy, and she is a spiritual director and a solution focused counselor. Uh, she's been doing this for a long time, since 1993. She's the author of uh, two books, From Stress to Bliss, A Journey from Post-Traumatic Stress to Post-Traumatic Growth. I like that. And the journal Magic. She's a speaker on compassion fatigue, on burnout, post-traumatic stress, Growth and self-care through biopsychosocial spiritual approach. Did I get it? You got it. All right. Welcome, Thank Martez. You, I'm glad you're here. Um, Thank you. How? Um, uh, so, why? Why? Uh, why burnout? What, burnout. What, what gets you into that? Well, for me, it was about over ten years ago, um, and I was in the emergency. Uh, department of the hospital with 
my mother who had fallen. She was uh, she had had Alzheimer's, but she had uh, been in a nursing home and had fallen. And unfortunately, we were there for about seven hours. So in that seven hours, I was really observing what was happening in the uh, in the department. Like a lot of paramedics rushing in and waiting around, and the nursing staff and the doctors. And there was one particular sure. nurse that caught my attention, and I noticed her body language, um, how she was interacting with colleagues, um, how she was uh, interacting with patients, and even with myself. She had very little patience, very, very curt. Very, no patience with the patients? No patience with the patients. <laughs> and I walked away thinking, oh, my goodness, like, this is really sad. And then I started thinking to myself, you know, this person, she had looked like she had been there for over 20, 30 years. She had been there for a long time. And I started to think, what has she seen in her, the span of her career? And, you know, I wondered, what was all the toll taking on her? And... You know, I recognized that I was witnessing her in kind of a burnout autopilot. Just, you know, she was demonstrating the signs of irritability, uh, kind of distancing from her 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 colleagues and her and 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 her patients as well. And I thought, who is helping these people who have been around helping us for so long? And so that's what was my big kind of push towards finding out who's helping the help helpers and how can we help them more. Um, and so that was when what, what kind of got me started um, researching more about compassion fatigue and burnout. Right. And then it was the following year that I found myself to be in that place of burnout. Oh, no, really? Yes, yeah, because I had gone through now the passing of my mother, having to work. I had a lot of life event stressors that happened in a very short period of time. And, um, you know, trying to work, be self-employed, be a single parent, and all the, the stressors that come along with that, hearing my clients, hearing their stories and their experiences, because I've been working in the area of trauma for almost 29 years. So, wow. yeah. So, a lot of secondary trauma as well, hearing the stories that we hear uh, from other people. It's not always about um, experiencing trauma ourselves. Um, and burnout, the burnout um, is deceiving because it can creep up on you. A lot of times people think it's, you know, it's extreme, but it has a way of slowly creeping in. Well, yes. I think, sit, oh, sorry, I was just going to say sitting in the presence of people who have been traumatized. I mean, you know, you don't have to be traumatized yourself is you, you take on that energy. Yes. You know? uh, so that it almost becomes your lived experience as well as a helper, you know. Sure. Yeah, and as, as an attempt to support, and, and Martez, you know, the point that you made about burnout creeps up, it's absolutely, in my experience as well, in terms of having a very stealth onset, that it's like a slow drip, where, you know, it may take 10 years before it actually reaches capacity, where suddenly it's true burnout. Because we kind of use that term relatively loosely. We'll say, yeah. oh, I'm so burnt out this weekend. But burnout now, I mean, and I'm sure you're aware of the WHO now, it's, it's been in their classification of disease manual for years. But last year, they sort of made it more official. And, yes. and I think that, you know, the definition now is more about workplace, occupational phenomenon. But I think that, you know, all of the things you're talking about, even with the caregivers and in terms of the medical system in particular, that very often that is, that is a, a problem, it's a deficit, and it's a, it's a gap in our system for sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really um, dominant in helping professions. Yeah. Right? Yes. And now who is also now starting to make um, the employers and organizations more responsible for taking care of people so that they don't get burnt out. And so people don't <clears throat> people don't understand the depth of burnout though. No. 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 They're like, go home and get a good night's sleep. Go see you well, here in the morning. It's not going to take it away. No, and, and, and the, the thing with burnout in terms of comparison with compassion fatigue is that burnout is not better by rest. It's not typically alleviated when it is so uh, far gone. And it's incredibly serious. And Martez, I'm sure that you've come across that as well, where you know there are risks associated with burnout in terms of suicide in particular. And yes. it is something that is absolutely valid, but there's a reluctance to make it a, a, a diagnosis because there's a massive stigma. And this is a problem. This is another place where we stigmatize the fact that people are human and we only have so much capacity. And in terms of whether somebody's a nurse or a physician or a counselor, a massage therapist or therapist, they can only manage so much. And the idea is that, wait a minute, you're not supposed to manage somebody else's pain. You're not supposed to take that on. Right. So I think there's a lot around, you know, what you said, Gord, that it's not fully understood and it is it is extremely serious, can be potentially very, very serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the stigma is it's not taken seriously. Right. Right. You know, that's and what I'm saying. That's you know, part the, of it. It's like because fatigue certainly plays a role in it. Um, you know, I'll go home and you know, take the weekend off and sleep all weekend and you'll be good for Monday. You know, there's not an understanding of that, the multi-layering that happens. It's the same as in trauma. It's just that multi-layering going down. Um, and I think the stigma is not that this is a, 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 a you know, a dirty disease or it's so, so contagious or, you know, stuff that's coming up around COVID or about HIV or stuff like that. It's about, are you kidding me? You know, it's more of a humorous, we're not going to take this very seriously. Yes, and I mean, I mean, Mortez, I'm curious what you think of that because I think part of it is the people that experience burnout because I have as well. Oh no, no, I'm not saying. That, I'm that, saying the people who are watching the people, yes, like the employers. Yes, there's a lot of for sure, for sure, for sure, and and that sense of shame is part of it. Where oh, you can't handle it, you can't handle the pressure, and again, right. with COVID nineteen, this has been revealing, you know, things that we have been pushing humanity our society in the workplace and saying push more push more oh you're sick still go to work and mm-hmm. this is actually a good thing as to why it stopped it's common sense if you're not well don't go to work right, right. oh absolutely we were experiencing a lot of burnout um and it's funny because we did an earlier um radio show i think it was in january and we were talking about this and uh i had to chuckle because when i you know because back then we thought it was bad but now with covid on top of it you know, uh-huh. it's just amplified everything even more yeah. so. The, the the thing that the risk, especially with um, people in that are in helping professions, um, oftentimes the big risk there is because they are usually the ones that people go to for help um, that they don't often ask. And oftentimes they think, well, I'm the professional that people come to for help. I should be able to handle this myself. 
Yes. And so mm. it's really important, not just uh, for us to understand uh, burnout, to understand the signs and symptoms so we can recognize it early. And these signs and symptoms aren't just on a physical level. They're that biopsychosocial spiritual level. It affects our mind, our body, and our spirit um, very differently. And so it's very important um, because it's much more common than you think. And there's still a lot of stigma around being burnt out like oh you should be able to handle it and a yeah. lot of times the, the pressure we put on ourselves that i should be able to you know do this um right. and so but there's but there's a lot of, of um empathy and compassion that be, needs to be um more cultivated exactly. cultivated exactly yeah. and, and, yeah. and things like this especially for us yeah. to you know help um by bringing the word out and educating when the help you know when the help needs help there's just so much shame around that. Yes. You know, no matter what it is, it's just like you should have known, you should have, you should have, all the shoulds, right? Quit shooting all over me. Well, um. and, and, and it's so funny, even sometimes, you know, if I get a cold, I still, sometimes my mother will say, oh, well, you, you shouldn't get sick. You know, it's, it's the sense that I'm a naturopathic doctor. I should never get sick. And I think, again, you know, this... Uh, construct that we have put people in helping helping professions in many professions actually that they're they they have to be superhuman or yep. they they can't be vulnerable and this is all tied in and, and martez i agree with you that for me i see burnout as a symptom of an internal breaking open rather than actually a condition i've always felt that it's something that you know it's not something happening externally it may look like that but it isn't Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why there's so much importance about, you know, regulating the nervous system, because all these symptoms, all these different conditions are basically uh, markers of a dysregulated nervous system. Right, right. And right. oftentimes we look at the conditions as the problem rather than the, you know, it's, that's the symptom. The, the, the root is the nervous system is dysregulated. We're operating in our, in our sympathetic overloaded system all the time and we're not designed to live in that system no no absolutely and and i think you know part of that going deeper into the spiritual aspect is that the inner awareness of our sense of self knows better and we're just so programmed to ignore it yeah so i mean there's a whole we override it we override it right yes i mean you're talking about biological markers and so on but there's also you know, what's going on in people's minds um, in terms of their attitude, um, in terms of ignoring, you know, oh, I know that's there, but I'm just going to ignore it. Uh, you know, their own biases, their attempts to appear to be very well when in fact they're not, you know, the mm-hmm. autopilot, you know, program. Um, so, you know, I think that, that you know, if you can't just talk about this as being a, a physical thing. You know, this is like having, you know, the physical breakdown, the nervous breakdown. And, and it's not. I mean, there's the there's, uh, whole psychology is involved in burnout. And, and, and shame plays a huge role. Yeah, and that I think is, in, with our health care. can't be seen as having a problem. No, and I think with our health care, I think it's so important that we look at health in an integrative manner and look at like what I call the three pillars of our health, our mind, our body, and our spirit. And rather than looking at the conditions, look at the person. And what's going on on all these levels that are contributing to dysregulating their nervous system and that they then experience or develop these conditions or, or diseases. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you're kind of echoing what with naturopathic medicine, we often use a model called the healing triangle where you have the mind, the mental thoughts, the emotions, and the physical in the triangle. And then surrounding it and holding it is bas- basically consciousness or the spirit. And yeah. the center is the balance. But, you know, you can have an ailment that takes you, you know, in any direction, but mm-hmm. you're right around the integration mm-hmm. in terms yeah, of, you know, we how ju- we need to approach it. Yeah, and we just don't experience, even if it is a physical experience or condition, we don't just feel it on a physical level. We have the emotional and spiritual uh, effects of that as well. Definitely, definitely. That often are really not acknowledged, especially the spiritual aspect of it. Yes. I think even the emotional aspect of it, it's Mm -hmm. just kind of like, well, you're burned out. Of course, you're going to feel a little depressed. Right. You know, it's it's put into that bracket. You know, when when you're saying like your mom with... with, uh, you know, you shouldn't even be getting a cold, uh, is it, it can almost be like incredibly shaming, you know, because it's like when, um, you know, I, I have a difficulty in my private life, my emotions are involved. And yeah. so I don't have the clarity yeah. that going into asking, you know, a, a professional and saying, what do you think, blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, oh, they can just paint this really nice picture. It's like, oh, my God, I should have known that. And people will go, I can't believe you're going through through that or, or putting up with that. You're a therapist. Right, right, uh, exactly, you know, same thing. Hang my head and slank out of the room, well, you know? Well, my poor mother does not mean to be unkind. I just no, want to no, say I that. No, no, I know, no, no, I know. But she's right. Um, and on that note, <laughs> we love your mother. On that note, we are going to break, and uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes with Martez and Alexia Angord. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca That's info at spiritgrows.ca now back to things worth considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're talking with uh, Martez Shumbri, and uh, we're talking about pandemic burnout. Um, uh, I mean, burnout is burnout. It's just that we're seeing a lot of it with pan- the pandemic going on. 
Um, you mentioned something called an autopilot when you talked about being uh, in observation mode there. Um, what, uh, what does that mean? Autopilot, basically, um, how I refer to autopilot or burnout in autopilot is where you're basically very mechanical going through the motions. I had um, recently a nurse practitioner who um, had an incident with her child at home who had fallen and had a serious injury, but noticed that she was very um, kind of detached uh, very factual, um, treating her from a very uh, 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 irritable perspective, and then catching herself thinking they, you know, not engaging properly with her daughter. And she recognizes this is how she's become at work, um, dealing with also she was dealing with COVID per, uh, uh, clients as well. And, um, and just having have just like a robot just going through the motions, not feeling anything, and just exhausted but getting up going doing things mechanically robotically that's what i mean by an autopilot you know what you have to do but there you it's like you're just not present there with it right. there's no enjoyment in there you know the you know there's so much more uh pessimism you know there's that detachment uh low sense of engagement those are a few mm-hmm. okay are these what you call your markers that you're talking about yes yeah okay those are a few. There's a whole list of markers and, um, you know, in each category of psychological, physical, and spiritual, you know, um, negative self-image is another one. You A lot of sh- guilt and shame. We talked about that earlier. Um, sometimes in the professional realm, there's a lot of feeling of helplessness and hopelessness. Um, uh, again, I mentioned earlier, low sense of, of engagement, a lot of sadness, a lot of worry, um, a lot of anxiety irritability, and sometimes it can even impair a person's ability to make decisions. Mm -hmm. On on a physical level, you've got exhaustion, of course, and insomnia. Sometimes that insomnia can be lack of sleep or not getting enough sleep. Um, You can have um, gastrointestinal issues. Um, Grinding of the teeth is another common one. Your blood pressure could be high. Um, You can have gynecological uh, reproductive problems. Um, muscle tension, backache. I see that a lot in massage therapy and craniosacral therapy. Um, there's a lot of chronic muscle tension because your body is in fight or flight all the time. There's an unconscious anxiety that keeps your muscles in a contracted state. So when you start to be able to get a person into that parasympathetic state, that relaxed state, you start to hear um, even the, muscle, the, the, the gurgling of the stomach as the muscles of the organs are starting to relax. Um, people mm. start to breathe deeper. Um, yeah. You know, all these different physiological reactions happen because you're getting out of that fight or flight that's preparing your body for protection and defense. Um, yeah. On a spiritual level, there's a lot of helplessness and hopelessness or a lack of meaning and purpose, um, a lot of loneliness. Um, Those um, are all major bells for suicide. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and it, and it it also ends up being. I mean, the the cortisol. We know that physiologically, the the system can't handle this chronic state of stress and you know fight, flight, or freeze mode. And also on imaging with people's brains in terms of burnout, it's as if it's as if your hard drive crashes, and suddenly there's no capacity to be able when we're when we're talking you know real burnout where it's a sense of you actually cannot. Uh, 
you know, take in anything from a screen or sensitivity, hypersensitivity, yes. because mm-hmm. it's as if all of a sudden the wiring is sparking. And there is no way that your nervous system, as you were saying earlier, Martez, can can actually adapt to what's happening because it's overloaded. So yes. so when that burnout happens, it really is. And I, I think that, you know, we're, we're kind of on the same page around there's a breaking open that also occurs. And, yes. and that's that inner awareness that needs to come through because inside, usually we know what's happening, right? People go, oh, I have to do this. I'm supposed to. And the expectations to perform well, especially I think in often teaching professions and healthcare is way up there around, you know, I need to be the person that someone can lean on or I have to show up and reply to all these emails or whatever else it may be. Absolutely. And they always put other people before themselves. Or I'll get to myself later or I can handle it. You know, I'm I'm the professional here. I know all the all the stuff about burnout, but we don't necessarily apply the practices on a regular basis to avoid getting to those points of burnout. Yeah, right. I just want to uh, remind people of the number. If they'd like to phone in and, you know, uh, share or ask any questions, uh, it's kind of an important area. Uh, you can call toll-free at uh, 1-888-346-9141. Phones are available. And give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. So, listen, I want to ask, you know, when you talk, mention something like isolation, and we're in, the, in these imposed isolations, I mean, that has to be devastatingly complex you know in terms of what it's doing yes yes and thank goodness we have the um things like zoom like these video calls or facetime on on our smartphones now but people when they're isolated and down don't give a rat's ass about zoom yeah you know they don't want to get out all the you know and hook it up and eh, tomorrow maybe very true or a simple phone call the yeah, old-fashioned right. way, right? Oftentimes, uh, I know even with the young people, they don't like to use the phone. Uh, they like to text instead. But there's right. a whole, it's so much different when you can hear somebody's voice, hear their their tone, you know, hear you know uh, their excite, you know, their mood in their voice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so important to have connections. We're we're social creatures, yeah. and um, we really need to have social engagement. Um, you know, and if you can't do it through that way, you know. Get a um, dog. Yeah, get a dog get or a cat, really. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you need pets. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think that this part around um, the pandemic and the physical isolation and also, you know, for myself, I'm working now we're back in clinic. But, you know, the amount of time and the preparation in terms of using the protective gear and the logging and the cleaning and everything else that's added yes. ends up actually, that's where also I think some of this overload is coming right now because we have this expectation that, oh, I can still see however many clients in my day. And yeah. I don't believe that's the case. I know I can't. Really? I'm like, no, I'm going to limit my numbers because that extra time is extra energy. And it also takes a while to calibrate to get used to learning and remembering, oh, I have to do a screen. They have to fill this out. I need this form in the chart if you're not look, using electronic. But regardless, you still have to have all these parameters in place. And, and that the, is added, yes. right? And, a and lot it of has people, to be after each one, too. Yes, yes after absolutely. each one. Absolutely. After each one. Yeah. Yes. You know, what if, what if I don't get it all? 
what if, you know, I mean, there's all the, I mean, all of those are little tension pieces. And, and I mean, that, that's certainly what I'm going through is like, you know, letting people come in and starting to use the schools, you know, counseling rooms and stuff like that is what if, what if, you know, we didn't get it quite as shiny as it should be. It's not about being shiny, but, uh, and, and somebody the, gets sick. And the disinfecting mm-hmm. in between, right? And yeah. I find That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Massage therapy, the disinfecting in between and the, and the, all the different things. And I find we're, we're working more harder. Um, and um, even with whether we're in a clinic or whether at home. And that's another thing that's a problem that people are experiencing at home is that most people are now working from home. And so they're actually working um, on average about two hours more, they say. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Right? I and believe also, that. And also, too, that the, 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 the lines of work and home are blurred now. Right. Right. And that oftentimes, too, there's employers who think that we should be right at our, you know, have our laptops at our disposal and be in front of them ready to go. And we're expecting the same level of work um, where a lot of people are halfway through the day. They're just they're done. Absolutely. Um, They can't they can't be productive or creative. Um, And that is a lot of extra stress in, on ourselves as well. That we yeah, and you're, and you're touching on something as well in terms of workplace and employers. And I think that part of the WHO, when they sort of redefined burnout as an occupational phenomenon, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think it can happen at home. I think burnout is something much more than just related to work. But this idea of leadership or lack thereof in terms of consciousness and being more uh, aware of these kind of changes and expectations that are there. Because if that doesn't shift, the thing is, is, you know, ultimately we can't wait for other people to change. And part of it is recognizing if people are in a workplace where the atmosphere does not prioritize the well-being of their employees, then there's not a lot you have power over, But which is part of a factor around burnout, is that when you don't have a sense of power or choice, yes. that can also start depleting, depleting you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and, and I think um, for who to have made that, I think it, it's been a great thing because it's giving it the credibility it deserves. It's getting the attention now. And making um, people more aware of it and also making people responsible for trying to help people not get there because it's so predominant. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and I it's think so that costly on our, on, you know, it's not just uh, on a physical level, but also it's a really, uh, you know, uh, billions of dollars um, on lost you know, time and so forth and, and healthcare to help recover these people. But I often think that these people are such skilled professionals, you know, to have this happen to them, it's, it's tragic. Well, you know, it is tragic, Martez. And, you know, it's very interesting because, um, you know, a number of years ago, I did also work in, you know, I work in burnout as well, burnout prevention. And, and what I was looking at the statistics specifically related to physicians, but the, people that typically hit burnout are often very competent in their work, highly successful, and they just hit a hit a place suddenly. And that's where it's that sense of shame, where suddenly it's like, oh, what do I do? Because I've been maintaining this standard for so long. And 
it is unfortunate and it, that, that we don't have a system of awareness to realize that why do we have nurses and doctors or anyone working these ridiculously long shifts and having them react or have to respond with really all of their cognition as much as possible it doesn't make sense to me i don't understand it i don't i don't know why that makes sense to anyone mm-hmm. yeah why are we going against our natural biological circadian rhythms like exactly that never made sense to me either yeah. but you but, uh, you know just a minute, you know, I mean, you have to also consider, like, we're talking about hospitals and stuff here. You know, we need people around the clock. And, of course, that goes against circadian because it's about light and dark, right? Uh, I mean, there are people that it's like slightly off. There are night people and, and so on. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, uh, if we're going to take care of people, there's a requirement for us to be available sometimes in the middle of the night. Yes, but you don't have to. You don't have to have a twelve or sixteen hour shift and then four days off and then try to go into. I think it could be better balanced, where yeah. there's someone could work until you know one in the morning, and you know if someone starts at one in the morning, then they leave at six in the morning instead of these prolonged shifts. And right, again, but that, oh, that but that requires more staff, and the more staff you have, then the more benefits you have to pay out. Well, and, there, you know, all of that kind of stuff, it becomes it's a cost. It's not cost effective. Well, it is but, cost is, effective but what is cost effective when it comes to humanity, right? Well, when it comes to well-being, because we know that we have a system that sadly is not really based on healthcare. It's based on sick care. It yes. keeps a oh, lot yeah. of people very sick. And this is part of what is being revealed is that, of course, we need conventional systems in place, but it is not a system of health care. It's not a system of wellness. Certainly not for the workers. <laughs> well, but they're also paying out in, in uh, you know, uh, disabilities and in uh, pharmaceuticals. They're paying exactly. Side, in, a, in, a, in, a, on, in a sideways way. Rather sideways, than, yeah. Right? Yeah. Rather than yeah. helping the people. Exactly. And and that's where, you know, that's part of the sick care, the insurance that, we, you know, of course we need insurance, but when it, it creates, and pharma, it creates this whole thing. Of course we need medications, but it's just imbalanced. And I think that part of COVID is that it is revealing, again, these layers and areas that need to be shifted for sure. Yeah. Because I think that, of course, we need all of these people in place. But again, how do we support each other? And I don't know if that's ever going to change, to be honest. I, I really wonder. I hope it does. Because with, with who getting involved in terms of, you know, bringing that awareness, as you were saying, Martez, I think it's important. I also think we have to be careful with disempowering people and saying that it's the, it's the company's fault you know, they did this to right. me. I think that mm-hmm. creates victimization, which is very dangerous right, in absolutely. terms of mentality and takes away from people's sense of self-responsibility, you know? Absolutely. 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 But it's really hard to win a court case, though, you know, <laughs> if you're not the victim. Well, we have a litigious <laughs> society. That's the problem. Oh, my God, yes, absolutely. We do, and that's where I think we're, you know, we're, again, we're missing a big piece of we buy what the label. really teaching us. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I agree. I'm playing devil's advocate. You girls are just like going along and agreeing with one another. And I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. I got to come in as like the executive and say, yeah, but what about the money is going out to all these benefits? Um, I, I agree everything that you're saying, but I like to also play devil's advocate and listen to how passionate you become talking about this. So, uh, you know, obviously you're not burned out around this at all. Um, you know, the, um, there was a, a study that, that uh, came out uh, in, uh, this is in mid-February, and I'm wondering how much of that really ties into the... Uh, well, 
that's what I was saying to you, and we were talking about in mid-February as well. Stress and burnout back then was at high-end proportions. Right, it's right. now just been you know, amplified um, because of COVID. Um, okay, and, so these numbers you know, are before actual sh- the, the shutdown. Yeah, but yeah. then there's some of, some of them are after. Um, they're, they're saying now that uh, there's more than uh, seven in ten professionals that they know that, you know, they, they're feeling, they you know, that lack working that exhaustion at home and that lack of separation between work and life those those are more newer um statistics um right. and that they're feeling now that there's a they're they're dealing with um like i think 20.5 percent of is an un- unmanageable uh workload that they have be, you know when they're working at home um, right and also, to factor in that some of these people have children who have exactly. to work. Well, I was just going to say exactly, exactly that. Yeah. I think a lot of what we're talking about here are women, and women have two jobs. The one they leave the home for to get money, the one they come home to that they do nonstop 24 hours a day without money. Yes. The un- their yeah. unpaid career of being mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think there's, there's a huge, huge pressure on them right now. Yeah. And, enormous and- pressure on women. The exhaustion is palpable, and I think one of the things too with this whole COVID, now we're we're now experiencing a shared collective trauma mm-hmm. that you know that we can all relate to. We are all in the same kind of storm, so to speak. Uh, we're all experiencing yeah. it differently. Thank you for not saying we're in this together. No, no, crazy, we, crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, we're in we're it's in the same the storm. storm. Yeah, and at least now we can have a little bit more empathy and compassion because we can now all relate that we're all having a lot of extenuating circumstances and stressors and, you know, to be more kind and more compassionate um, and hopefully bring light to healthcare and taking care of everybody, the healthcare workers, um, you know, the parents, everybody. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully, okay. hopefully. All right, we're going to take a break here. And uh, in fact, when we come back, uh, we have Jane on hold and we'll be taking her call. So we will be back in two minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. It's your world. Motivate. 
Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, uh, welcome back. Um, I'd like to. Uh uh, uh, we we had somebody on the line here. We have Jane on the line. Actually, we said we would go to her when we came back. Um, so if we can get Jane on the line, open it up. Hi, Jane. Hi. How are you? Good, thanks. A little hard to hear, but um. A little hard to hear. Yeah, now I can hear you. Uh, now you okay? Cool. It's Gord. Hi. Do you have a? Did you have a? a, a you want to t- tell us your story? Do you have uh, an experience with burnout? Um, just, yeah, like, um, I think uh, like a lot of people I know and probably many, many people with the COVID, um, it's, I think it's been about six months now, people are feeling really burnt out. Um, I mean, the summer's been great. People can be outside, but I think there's a real kind of doom and gloom coming about the fall and the winter. People are already feeling again, burnt out. And I'm just, I'm, I'm afraid what's going to happen. People are going into SAD season so is there any tips to kind of what can you do to kind of go into this a little bit Yeah, stronger? we're going to talk about some, uh, you know, some things that we can do. Uh, I know Martez has some stuff, but what you're saying, I think a lot of people are experiencing with the, just the, the pre-warnings as to what can happen in the, uh, you know, uh, in the fall with uh, mm-hmm. a second wave, you know, or an, an, a, mm-hmm. definitely an elevation in, in diagnosis. Uh, and that's very scary. Um, yeah. The scariest part would be to have it all shut down again. Yeah. You know, just as a sort of opening up and thank God we're outdoors, like you say, but that to suddenly, you know, quarantine everybody again it would just be a horror story. So, thanks, Jane. Yeah, Mar- Mar- Martez is going to talk about that right now, actually. Thanks, yeah. Jane. Thanks, Jane. Uh, thanks for calling in. Um, yeah, there is a lot, and I'm hearing it even with my patients already. They're already kind of uh, forecasting for the fall and, and already the worry, right? And that's the activation of our, our sympathetic nervous system, our stress system of our nervous system. And the sad thing with the, when we're in that system, it's, we're not designed to live in that state of survival mode because we tend to go into that place of negative bias um, because we're in this state of protection and defense. And so it's really important to try to switch the channel and, and have... Um, create um, rituals or routines because because it's so um, unknown and we have this unpredictability and nobody can tell anything, that in itself will keep us amped up. So creating a ritual every day, whether it's in the morning and the evening, like my suggestion is when you wake up in the morning, do not put on any screen or media for at least a half hour to an hour. Allow your brain to just, you know, be in that moment coming out of that sleep state. Before you even um, open your eyes, sit there with your eyes closed and just start giving thanks, whether it's even thank you for my breath, thank you for my lovely warm bed, 
thank you for, you know, just the gratitude because gratitude is a very high level vibration that helps you get you out of that stress system. It starts to give you, when you're in that place of gratitude, you have helpfulness as opposed to feeling that helplessness uh, that comes with being that stre- in that stress system. Um, so creating um, a self-care plan that includes what I call the three pillars of your health, of your mind, your body, and your spirit. If you can stay, get outdoors, uh, being outdoors for 20 minutes, and even if you're walking for 20 minutes, that activates, um, that decreases your cortisol levels. So you're getting a double whammy of nature as well as it bringing down your, your cortisol levels. And um, with your vitamin D. Yes, and your vitamin D as well. Um, you know, getting um, body therapies where you're actually getting touch because oftentimes, you know, with this, we are, you know, our body goes into contraction. So things that are going to relax your body, hot baths or showers, um, you know, um, taking um, time out um, in your day for these little restorative breaks, having um, even what like a one minute kind of dance movement um, because that shifts your energy level. It relaxes your muscles. Um, and so that brings you down and it brings you into that place of feeling safe and that you have some control um, because when your body goes into that contracted state, it's going into that fight or flight. And that's where, you know, um, it can snowball. You know, reading inspirational materials or books, watching comedies, things that are going to be uplifting, shifting the the physiological channel of your body from that stress system into our restorative and creative system of our body. Um, And even things like breath practices where, you know, because I I think, you know, part of this, and I'm sure you've, you've talked about this before, Martez, in previous episodes around getting into your body because but the biggest thing I find with people is it's remembering to do it or basically being committed to it because people know this it's just that there's something and I don't know if it's kind of an addiction to the suffering or I don't know if it's just the whole you know cycle of when we're in that storm that we get so used to it and it goes back to what you were saying about autopilot we get so used to it that it's so hard to step out of it consciously Right. You yeah. have to make the effort to stop and pause and say, wait a minute, I'm in my body. If and you watch people moment, who have really good lifestyles, uh, you know, in eating and everything else. And, and as they become ill with whatever, even a cold, they will stop sleeping properly. They will stay up late and watch TV, you know, wrapped up in a blanket, but they're not going to get into, you know, into bed. They're not eating properly. It's like, oh, well, junk food, at, you know, midnight. Uh, I mean, so some of, some, of the, some of the wisest people that when they're healthy and have great, you know, health habits, they, they just one after another, they just l- are let go when we become stressed or when we become ill, which is the same thing. Yeah. Right? And then this is a time where we need to ramp up our self-care, not right. decrease in it. And especially even with people who are in um, healthcare professionals, um, we have what's called safe, effective use of self, SUS. And if you look at self-care as more of SUS, because oftentimes self-care can be looked at as being a luxury or being a like spa kind of pamper, not to negate that, but you have to look at it as safe, effective use of ourselves to keep us safe and healthy for ourselves, for our family, for the people that we do serve. Yeah, um, right, right. 
And I think that part of it is, you know, I find, you know, in terms of um, with burnout is part of it is the shedding. You have to, you know, that inner awareness comes up and you start to look at habits and constructs of things that don't serve you anymore. But when you're caught up with deadlines or there's pressure from a boss or whatever it is, it's very challenging to recognize that sense of, I'm not attached to, you know, my identity isn't related to the title that I have. But when Mm -hmm. we have fear of money or money loss or whatever it is, there's a sense that we overattach to these labels of who we think we are. And I think that contributes very often to burnout. It's just overattachment to what we think gives us value and purpose in our lives. And and I think that's why this COVID thing, it's like a pressure cooker, but it's hopefully waking us up to see that there's so much more that really matters rather than whatever we've been chasing for years and what we thought we needed to chase. Right. Absolutely. And the thing is, when we're dealing with um, finances, all this stuff about st- our stability, our security, that in itself activates our fight or flight system. Exactly, exactly. Right? So yeah. if we look at it from a nervous system perspective as, okay, my body has now gone into overprotective mode. Uh, my body's become like a bodyguard or an overprotective parent, loving me too much, hugging me too tight, trying to keep me safe. But it's also coming with that negative bias, that negative mindset, and that we can actually be able to do things to physiologically relax our body to help us get out of that stress system into our relaxation restorative system. That's where we find we can access that strong part of ourselves that part that's resilient right 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 and create those resources because we're also creating nerve pathways if we're going into the negativity all the time we're we're just ingraining those negative patterns yes but we can create new nerve pathways every time we switch and the more we start to switch and flip over into those restorative um, things and those re- relaxation things then we're now creating a new default Right, right? right. That's where our body should be operating. But because of stress, it's become dysregulated. And now we're, we're living in stress mode rather than our restorative mode. Yeah. And I, I, but I, and I don't think that uh, I agree with you. And I also think that often we blame the stress rather than recognizing that we have inside the ability to relate to the stress differently. So, you know, that sense, and I know, I know what you're saying in terms of the, the dysregulation that happens, but it's that piece around being committed and consistent. And we, we're not a patient society typically, right? We want to right. feel it now. We want it right now. And, and no, the yesterday. Idea of, yeah, exactly. And the <laughs> idea of discipline, that's really like comes from the word disciple. It's been, yeah. to learn. But I'm always, you know, for myself, I, I had all this awareness in terms of self-care, like Gord was saying, but yeah, when I hit burnout, it was it was basically I had no choice. It was at a point where, okay, now I have to really pay attention because this is not good. But you know what I see is what is it that prevents people from actually choosing themselves first? Because they don't put themselves as the priority. And there's all right. kinds of messages long before right. that one. Yeah, yeah, you're being selfish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what about your mother? Go and take care of your mother. (laughs) Yeah, but you got to think just like the the, the announcements that we get when we go on airlines, when, you know, put the oxygen mask on you. 
because if you don't, you can't serve anybody else. You can't be there for your family. Absolutely. And the reason they're on that airline is is because our first instinct would be to help somebody else. Yeah. Yes. That's why they have to make those announcements. Yes, absolutely. So. Okay. Go ahead. When 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 it's really important to help ourselves, and and that in turn helps other people. And right. the thing is, when we help ourselves, when we get healed, then what happens is we then want to help others to heal. Right. Absolutely. Because so, each so like you and I, from those experiences, we also have what's called you know the growth that came from that, the learning, <laughs> to recognize exactly our limitations. And yes, this is not, I'm not going to continue to 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 do this. This no longer gives me energy. Right. Tell me about micro practices. The micro practices are what you, the little things that you do. You don't get overwhelmed and thinking, I've got to do this, this. Just start with one thing, even if it's the breath. The breath, the breathing in and breathing out slower, more like double the time, because that activates your vagus nerve, which activates your restorative system, your relaxation response. Um, simple things that just being more mindful of, okay, what's happening in my body? What am I feeling? What am I experiencing? And when my mind goes, is it true to right now or am I just my my bodyguard going into that negative bias oftentimes that's what it is and it's the awareness of coming back to the present moment getting grounded in your body right that helps you to get and connect with that part that is resilient we have that in us as well so so uh, you know just knowing what what standard you know stress treatments are um but rather than trying to change everything all at once it's just Today I'm going to breathe, tomorrow I'm going to wash my hands better, you know, all of those kinds of things until we build up some habit. Habit takes a little while, it takes 21 days. Well, small small steps of consistency because it does, it is a shift in awareness and that is not something that comes quickly. But it, 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 you know, I think overall... It's hard to shift. It is hard to shift and it's, but it's choosing and saying, okay, how do I want to live my life? And I think a lot of people also have had to reflect on that and... Hopefully it is going to say, well, wait a minute, I can choose how I want to experience my world. But again, the consistency Attitude. of saying it, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 My, uh, my Angelou said, you know, if you, if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, then change your attitude. Yes. Yeah. And she, yeah, also, very true. Said, she also said, if we knew better, we'd do better. So that's why it's <laughs> absolutely. important to understand the signs yeah. and symptoms so we recognize it, so right. we can catch it, so we don't burn out. It's a lot easier to catch it with these small little things than to deal with it after we've burnt out. Definitely. Uh, it's too much work. I'm going to go back to bed. Um, <laughs> we're at the end of our show. It's time to go to bed. Um, uh, thank you, Martez, for coming and, and sharing. Um, I know the time just flies by so much. Uh, it does. for phoning in. As always, thank Alexia. You. Thanks, thank Martez. You. Thank you, Gord. Thank, thank you, you, Gord. Thanks, Alexia. Uh, next week, we uh, will have... Uh, uh, Kirsten Lyon, she's an amazing movement therapist, and she's going to be here um, uh, and talking about the, um, how trauma impacts our physical bodies. Uh, just a reminder, the virtual uh, compassion circle that we do every Friday night is available, and we want you to come and show up. It's free. Uh, a meeting number is 880-379-386, and 314703 is the password, and you can get that on our, our, uh, our website. So it's free. Come out. We need more healing in this world. Absolutely. On that note, uh, to all our listeners, thank you so much for being here, and uh, we look forward to seeing you or hearing from you again next week. Bye now. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Thank you 
for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 